Welcome to A Month with Matthew in Croatia. I'm writer Matthew Felix, and I needed to get away for a while to figure out what was next for me. And this is what happened when I did. These are travel anecdotes, stories, and ruminations from my month in a small island village in Croatia. From the characters I met to the experiences I had, some funny, some frustrating, to the thoughts, memories, and emotions that came up for me during my solo retreat in the seaside village in Croatia. I am a nature lover, so for those of you who are not, you're probably not going to care too much about the encounter that I'm going to talk about right now. Actually, you know what? I think I'm going to talk about a few cool encounters that I've had. So like I said, if you're not a nature lover, just skip this episode. If you are, stay with me. I was doing a little filming for, you know, just a video about my, basically the walk to the beach that I was doing. So I was filming my walk to the beach today. And as I was walking, I approached the cemetery which is on my way to the beach. Well, leading up to the cemetery, as is common, there's a stone wall. So I was sort of filming the stone wall, and then, you know, from one instance to the next, one instant to the next, I I came upon the gate, and so now I was filming what was behind the gate. And that's when I realized in a split second that I was looking face-to-face with a falcon that was right there on the ground, like maybe 10 feet away, holding a pigeon and a dead pigeon in its talons that it had obviously hunted. And so to see, and then of course, you know, it flew off and I got it all on film. Not as good as I would have liked to have gotten it on film. I wish I had a better quality camera and I wish that I had already had the zoom on, you know, had I known the Falcon was going to be right there, I could have gotten some really cool footage. As it is, you can see it and you can see it take off, but not as cool as it could have been had I known it was actually there before I was doing the filming. At any in any event, really cool, just sort of face to face encounter with that beautiful bird. Another couple of uh, really cool, actually, one more thing. I don't know if I have a couple more things, but another interesting thing that I've observed underwater that I've never seen before, and I'm not sure what to make of it. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's what I think it is or not, but. Today, I observed, as I was snorkeling, I observed these fish that were like face-to-face and almost seemed to be harassing a crab. And the crab seemed really agitated and it would kind of move away and the fish would just get right up in its face. And so I couldn't tell if, if there was actually some sort of aggression on the part of the fish, but it seemed really hard to imagine a fish attacking a crab. But the crab seemed agitated. But then maybe I just don't understand crab behavior. Maybe that's just how they move. So I watched that for quite a while. I was really sort of fascinated. There were two fish, and one in particular, but two that were harassing this crab. So I eventually, you know, got tired of watching that and swam around a little bit more. Well, then I saw the same thing. I saw another fish that seemed to be harassing a crab. Now, It seemed odd that I would see this even once, never mind that I would now see this twice after already snorkeling for so many days and never having seen anything like it. The other thing that occurred to me, though, is maybe the crabs are stirring up some sort of food or letting, you know, maybe maybe some food is sort of, they're letting some food, throwing some food off into the water and the fish are feeding on that. But I didn't really see that happening. But maybe that's what the fish are hoping. Maybe there's really not any sort of aggression. I don't know, but it was pretty cool to watch. The other really cool 
Um, and there's probably been more, but the other one that comes to mind, cool nature encounter also underwater. There's this one area where I was snorkeling before I discovered the nude beach, just around sort of the corner from the nude beach and the cove before the nude beach where there are these weird creatures and I can't find them online. So they're kind of like rays in the sense that they have wings, but the wings are, they're not really wings. They, they're these like big ruffles that are constantly in motion. And the, the, the head kind of looks like a snail, but they're really big. They're as big as, say, small rays, like manta rays. So I tried to look online, tried to figure out what they were. I'm sure that if anyone here knows much about marine life, you probably know off the top of your head what, what I'm talking about. I don't recall ever having seen these before. You know, I have done some scuba diving, and I have definitely done a lot of snorkeling. I don't recall ever having seen these before, but, uh, but they're super cool. And so much underwater, so much of the underwater world is just so cool and amazing and astonishing. As is, of course, for that matter, the world above it. I'm going to tell you about Luda. And this is sort of a a story of unrequited love. And it's about an interaction that has taken place several times an evolving interaction that has taken place since I've been here. A few days ago, I was going to the beach, and I saw this family, a, you know, a mother, a father, two kids, and they have this little dog. And I don't know what kind of dog it is. It's, it's, it's a mutt. It's small. It's really squat. So it's got this, you know, sort of really round, thick body and these tiny little legs, kind of like a, um, What's that really cute dog, that super cute dog that the queen has? Corky, corgi. Sort of like a corgi insofar as its shape, but not in not in its look. It's got a smaller face, it's black. Like I said, it's definitely a mutt. Kind of reminds me also of a pug a little bit. So anyway, it's this weird looking dog. It's cute, it's hilarious. Well, as soon as I got close to the family, because I was actually getting ready to pass them because they were walking slower, because I walk really fast, and the dog just came at me. And it was just really funny because, you know, it's one of those things where it's this little ridiculous, you know, harmless dog that's just doesn't have a sense of self and doesn't realize how little it is. You know how sometimes the little dogs are the ones who scare the big dogs into submission and it always, or, you know, just, or run, you know, running off with their tails between their legs. And it's always just kind of funny because as humans, you, you sort of wonder, why doesn't that German shepherd realize that that chihuahua is not a threat? Yet there's something in the dog world that regulates some sort of hierarchy that we obviously can't figure out. So anyway, it was sort of like that, this little dog trying to attack me. And so I just laughed and the family laughed and that was that. Next day, I'm coming back from the beach, different time of day, a little later, and the family is coming towards me. And so we kind of, you know, laugh in acknowledgement of each other, having, you know, just had an interaction uh, previously. And the dog comes at me again. So then I plead with the dog. I say, look, you know, I'm a nice guy. We can be friends. And I try to go up. I get down on my knees so that, you know, I'm at closer to eye level so that I'm not a threat. And I try to approach the dog. Well, the dog just gets that much more aggressive. And so again, the family sort of laughs. I sort of laugh it off. And I go on my way. And they go on their way. Well, then the next day we see each other. And again, we laugh. The next day we see each other. And the funny thing is, each day, it's kind of at a different time. So, you know, it's not like completely 
out. It's not that big of a, of a coincidence or a synchronicity because this is a very small place, but it's just funny because it's not as if it's the same time every day. And so it just makes sense that we would keep bumping into each other. At any rate, we see each other again and the dog just comes at me. This time, the woman says, the mom in the family says, you know, Luda, stop, or whatever in, in Croatian, whatever she said, but Luda was the name. And the thing is, until that point, I didn't know the name. I'd never heard Luda's name before. So uh, that just changed everything. So then my heart just swelled and I said, Luda, Luda, I love you. Luda, you know, let's work through this. Luda, you know, I love you. And the family just thought that was hysterical because they don't speak English, but I guess they understood I love you. And so for the first time, the kids cracked up and the dad cracked up. He's always been pretty stoic. And the mom just thought it was hilarious. So it was just a really, really sweet interaction. But Luda was having none of it. That was the problem. You know, having, even though I've just declared my love for her, Luda just became overcome with this, this violent aggression. And I know that she was just dying to go for my jugular. But thank God, when you're only six inches tall, it's really hard to get up to a jugular. But I know if that leash had slipped, if something, you know, if she had wrangled herself out of the grip of her, of her mom, just been able to come at me, I'm sure she would have taken me down and then just gone for the jugular, you know, once she'd knocked me off my feet. Because I, I can tell she's smart. I can tell she's, you know, sizing me up and figuring out how, if she were able, ever able to escape that goddamn leash, how she would come at me and put me in my place. So, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's hard. I felt like we've had enough interactions that there was a lot of potential there to actually connect you know, and, and it's it's not like I go around every day expressing my love for someone. So for me to make myself that vulnerable and take that risk, especially in front of other people, was hard, you know, and, and I commend myself for taking that risk and making myself vulnerable. But then to just have Luda get that much more aggressive, you know, uh, it was really heartbreaking. So like I said, the interaction with the family was really sweet. But the interaction with Luda was, was pretty bittersweet because I clearly have to face the fact that despite my efforts, despite my, you know, my opening myself up, Luda's just not into me. And, uh, and clearly it, it, it's just not meant to be. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and check out MatthewFelix.com for information about my books, other podcasts, and much more.